Rich and Mike Show, Flagler County's hometown sports show. Here are your hosts, Rich Carroll and Mike Leishio. Yes, it's another episode of the Rich and Mike Sports Show. Good Saturday morning, Flagler County. And a good Saturday morning to you, Mike Leishio. Hello, Flagler County. It was a great night in football county last night, Rich. Both schools were victorious. Both schools are trying to make a march towards the playoffs. It's the best time of the year. Yeah, it was a celebration for FPC against celebration. And the Matanzas Pirates, we all know, had that big district game last night right here on WNZF. It was our WNZF game of the week. And the Pirates come out victorious. They defeat the Clay Blue Devils 24-21 in you know, a much different game than we had the week before with the blowout. There was some drama in this game. It did feel like Matanzas was in control more than what the score would indicate. It was that close because of a late score from Clay County, and you got to give Clay credit. They never were discouraged. They never gave up. They stayed in that game, and they had a chance to win at the end. Pirates a little too much, and they made big plays when they had to, and, man, that defense stood tall all night long, Mike. They really did, and they were on the field. Matanzas, excuse me, Clay had 32 minutes of time in possession. And if you think of time of possession in terms of a college or an NFL game, you think 32 minutes isn't that bad. It's a 48-minute game in high school, so that means that they had the ball two-thirds of the time. It would be the equivalent of having the ball for over 40 minutes in an NFL game. Clay controlled the clock. They had a game plan. And they come they out right a- away with that, that onside kick, Mike, which really set the tone early and then score a touchdown on that first drive, too. And you're thinking, oh, boy, here we go. Yeah, and you know, and they put up long drives. Like I said, they had 15 minutes of possession in the first half. Instead of Matanzas reversing that, Clay actually made it even longer. They had the ball for 17 minutes in the second half. And so for the defense to hold up time and time again, when you have guys like Jordan Mills, Shamarian Gaines, Cole Hash playing both ways, and on top of that, having to be on the field for defense for so long, it really says a lot about this Piper, uh, this Pirate defense. Yeah, they were pretty incredible on defense. And you mentioned the long sustained drives from Clay County and not really not much of a running game, but you saw the talent there that Peyton Dykus, man, he's shot out of a cannon running all over the field, making big catches. He was clearly the focal point of their offense and they would go on these long drives, but come away with no points. We saw it a couple of times. We sure did. Now Peyton Dykus plays both ways too. When I looked at Peyton Dykus' stats this week, I started. I saw he only had six tackles or eight tackles the entire season, and I thought to myself, wow, he must have been hurt because he was a critical part of their team last year. And then I went and looked at the offensive stats, and it turns out he has 34 catches. So then I thought, well, he must just be playing offense then, and maybe that's why he doesn't have a whole lot of numbers. And then I found out that when I go a little deeper, he had 14 passes defense tonight on the season. He had defensed 14 passes. So he has just been a shutdown corner. He has six tackles on the year because nobody throws his way. And it was the same thing tonight. He basically shut down that side of the field on defense. He had 10 catches for 106 yards on offense. He, he was just as advertised, just like he was last year in this game. Yeah. And and the one thing they lacked was the big, the big play. And they did have one to pay in but they just couldn't break one to, to really get back in the game. And, you know, I, we talk about it a lot when we watch some of these teams play. We, we talked about it the first week there 
up in Swanee with the Bulldogs. I'm not a huge fan of the musical chairs at the quarterback position. You actually see it a lot at this level, especially when you take the quarterback out, switch quarterbacks in the middle of a series, in the middle of a drive. I'm not a big fan of that. But if there was any team that I've watched make it make sense to me, it was the the Clay County Blue Devils last night. Because you look at the quarterbacks, whether it was Landon Chadwick or Merrick Raposa, when they were in there, whenever they got their shot, both guys could make plays. You know, even at the end, it seemed like they were more confident that Chadwick uh, could could throw the ball more effectively. But man, I thought Raposa when they rolled him out, he was really accurate on the move with those passes. Uh, I just uh, it was the first time it made sense to me. I was like, okay, both of these guys can make plays. Raposa, a bigger kid, he can make plays with his legs. That read option that they were running here and there. And yeah, I, I loved uh, everything I saw from Landon Chadwick as well with clay County. I think maybe they abandoned the running game too early. It's hard to say because the pirates are also very effective against the running game. I just felt like maybe they, they didn't try to run it enough. Uh, when, when Addison got some room out there, he showed some ability. I, but Anyway, the two quarterbacks I thought were pretty good, and, and I wasn't so upset after watching that. I said, well, it makes sense with this team. Usually I'd be totally against it. But I think both Chadwick and, and, and Raposa, they showed why they were both getting time in that game. I did talk to Coach Kyle Kennard after the game for Clay, and he said that, yeah, they did kind of abandon the run a little bit, that they had an injury on the offensive line, and they just felt like they were struggling to run the ball. And Addison finished with 16 carries for 33 yards. Raposa had eight carries for 25 yards. So they weren't really able to run the ball effectively. Raposa, I thought, played one of his best games of the season. If you look at the stats, Chadwick's stats are dramatically better than Raposa. Chadwick comes in completing nearly 70% of his passes. Raposa around 50%. But Chadwick was 11 of 19. He got off to a hot start, but Matanzas really defended the pass well in this game. When no matter who was in the quarterback position, Chadwick finished 11 of 19 for about 85 yards. And, it, you know, the Pirates basically, Peyton Dykus got one, had a couple of big third down catches, had that long catch. But other than that, it was all dink and dunk plays for, but, you know, to your point, they did a good job of taking care of the football for the most part, the quarterbacks tonight. And, I'm still not a big fan of it. I think you pick a guy and you go with it. But you're you're right. If anyone has made it work, it has been Kyle Kennard. Oh, yeah. They looked good out there. Turning our attention to the Pirates. A lot of guys out there making plays. Uh, one guy that sticks out to me on defense, uh, Ahmad Lewis Charles, right? He had that fumble recovery, the one that popped out of Daquan Evans. I think it was Daquan Evans. He got hit. Yeah, well, he had two tonight because he yeah. recovered a Cole Hash fumble as well and i told coach Fars, i said ahmad louis charles saved your butt and you know he probably should have been given some consideration for player of the game looking back on it because those were especially the second one when evans popped out i mean it's a three-point game and if they get the ball they're gonna have the ball inside the 15 that would have been a backbreaker yeah he he was in the right place at the right time even the one that pops in the air, that, that that one sticks in my mind. And, yeah, the game's a close game at that point. And 
you know, there's no guarantee he's going to be able to snatch it out of the air like that and catch it, but he did. So you definitely have to mention him in what happened last night. And uh, like you said, he saved them a couple times, made those plays, recovered those fumbles. And early on, Pirates had some some difficulties with that, with the exchange. Uh, you saw one bobbled a bit from, from Fury on the exchange. A couple fumbles on the exchange, I think, between Hash and, and Daquan Evans. So it, it improved later on, but luckily they were able to recover those fumbles and not turn the ball over. Not, was, it, was there a turnover in this game, Mike? I don't believe there was. I can't. I can't recall. I don't remember there being an interception. Oh, I remember Zach O'Gwen had a fumble recovery. There you go. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so oh, yes. But, but you know what? Um, it was a tough night for Daquan Evans passing. I think it really comes down to when Coach Potak talked about this a little bit. We all talked about it a little bit. Cole Hatch hasn't been practicing with the offense this year. You know, I think Coach Forrest feels like. Cole's a four-year player. He knows the offense inside and out, and he wants to make sure Cole's the best defensive player he can be. And I wonder if maybe not getting those reps in practice, that there is a little bit of a timing issue sometimes when Cole Hash comes in the games. And they got it figured out. And you know, But that has been a, pro- a repeated problem for the Pirates all year, much like penalties have been a repeated problem for the Pirates. Oh, yeah, a ton of penalties and Cole Hash. Yeah, regardless, the guy does everything, right? He may... He was in on a lot of tackles last night, and also, I what was it like fourth down and forty? He he runs the ball. Uh, it, it, it was third. It was second and forty when he had that forty-six-yard run. <laughs> Amazing, gets that, and then at the end of the game has a big run where you're thinking the Pirates are going to have to punt the ball here. He gets the big run about a yard short of the first down and stays in bounds for the clock. So you know the determination the smarts to be able to stay in bounds there. And really that won the game because they were able to run for the first down with the new thing they got going on with D- Daniel DeFalco out of the wildcat. And uh, speaking of Daniel DeFalco, what a game he had the big touchdown reception. He threw for a touchdown uh, and, and of course uh, picked up that first down out of the wildcat at the end to, to clinch the game. He touched the ball five times tonight, Rich. He had two catches for a hundred yards Three carries for 21 yards. He had he had five touches tonight. Three first downs and a touchdown. Last week, he had four touches. A first down and three touchdowns. So if you go back to the last nine times he's touched the ball, he's gotten in the end zone for, oh, excuse me, excuse me, he had a pass too. Yeah. So they got six touches tonight, two touchdowns, three first downs. And so you go back to his last 10 touches, he's had – Nine first downs or touchdowns. He had five touchdowns and four first downs the last nine, ten times he's touched the ball. I think we've hit on something here. You know, I, I'm not a big analytics guy, Rich, but that <laughs> that seems like a pretty high percentage. And he gets the touchdown pass on that, you know, that, that trick play sort of flea flicker where you, you throw it out to him on the sideline in the flat and he then throws the touchdown pass there. We saw two interceptions on that play previously, but they finally got it to work tonight. So, you know, some coach Forrest doesn't listen to the morons who say, take that play <laughs> out of the playbook. You know, I know a certain moron that's here with me right now. Are you talking about me, man? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I, even when they called it, I said, oh, here comes my least favorite play. Yeah. yeah. And 
you know, but that's a perfect segue to the guy who caught that ball. Yeah. Andre Andrews. And that's back to back weeks, big games, Mike. He's really looked good the last two weeks, all season, really. Last two weeks, he's had 11 catches for 175 yards and four touchdowns. He has really turned it up. And it's just the way he plays that I love about Andre Andrews so much. And I touched on it when I talked to him, and you'll hear that in just a little bit. But he plays with reckless abandon. He really does. Like, when he gets that ball, it doesn't matter if it's a a bubble screen or a bomb. He's thinking six points from the moment he touches that ball And I don't think in his mind he believes he's not going to score when the ball is in his hands. And on top of that, he made a few great plays in defense tonight. You know, Peyton Dykus is a handful, but they really did a good job of taking away Antonio Thomas, taking away um, Swilly, taking away Raposa in the the receiving game. I got to clarify, obviously he's the quarterback. He's involved in the passing game. Raposa in the receiving game, the secondary really did a good job of shutting down the clay second and third options that night last night and Cole, uh, excuse me, Jordan Mills was definitely a part of that, but Andre Andrews on the other side had a great night at corner as well. Yeah. And uh, when he scored that touchdown on the screen, you go back and watch the game on the Flagler radio YouTube channel. I, I was wondering about that because the first half we didn't see it where it was so it was, it was such a big part of the offense the week before throwing that screen to Andre Andrews. And I bring it up in the second half. I'm like, well, we haven't seen this play yet. And then all of a sudden they throw the play and he runs it in for a touchdown. Uh, so, so that was pretty incredible. And, and that's a part of the offense. And we'll probably see more of that as the season goes on here. But yeah, you make a great point. You saw him breaking up passes, great work there in the secondary and all those guys, Shamarian Gaines, Jordan Mills. We had seen there was one play that sticks out in my mind with Jordan Mills uh, covering Dykus, where Dykus was about to run a wheel route and Jordan Mills ran up toward the line of scrimmage. And I thought he was going to let him run by him, but then he just stuck with him. And I forget who was in that quarterback for, um, for Clay County. I think it was proposed on that play. May have been. I, I, he looked that way. I think he was expecting Dykus to get open. But, man, Jordan Mills was all over him. He was on that play. He wasn't fooled by it. And you saw that all night long from the secondary. It was They were making it really, really difficult on whoever was in there at quarterback for the Blue Devils to complete passes. And uh, every now and then they, they got into a little bit of a groove and they were able to move the ball. But uh, those guys in the secondary and up front, we talk about the running game. We could talk about injuries that, that Clay had to deal with. But, man – up front, they were winning the battle all night long, that defensive front from the Matanzas Pirates. They were putting, especially, I noticed it more when Raposa was in there. They just could not protect for him. The Pirates were back there almost immediately on a lot of those plays. Jordan Theusvale and Seth Clark lived in the Blue Devil backfield all night. And I'm just looking at it now. I, I don't think it, I realized this at first. So, Clay, Raposa threw the ball 27 times tonight. Chadwick threw it 19. Clay threw the ball, and you got to add in a couple sacks there. So Clay called 50 pass plays tonight. Oh, yeah. Just about. I think I'd have to think about it and go back and look, but they ran the ball less than anybody I've seen all season long, and I don't think it's even close. No, I don't think so. I I believe – so 
They ran the ball about 25 times. They ran a lot of plays tonight. But, you know, you have the ball 32 minutes. They ran about 75 plays, which in high school is an extraordinary number. Normally, if you have 75 plays to the other team's 45 or 50, and you have the ball for 32 minutes to the other time, other team's 16, that's a game you're going to win. Yeah, it's a game you're going to win most of the time. Some interesting things from the, from the broadcast last night. Uh, we did have Coach Matt Potek on the broadcast, which was a lot of fun. Thank you again to him, co-defensive coordinator over at Tacoy Creek. And we saw Matanzas play them earlier this year. So, uh, And we're going to see Tacoy Creek next week over at Sal Campanella against FPC. But, man, uh, thank you to Matt Potek. And it was cool having a coach on the broadcast, Mike, a little bit of a, a different uh, experience. And if you missed it, you can listen to it on SoundCloud. Watch the game on the Flagler Radio YouTube channel. How about Potak coming on with us, Mike? We watch a lot of football, don't we? And we've done a lot of games together. And, you know, I've been at this for 15 years. You've been at this for eight or nine years. He sees it, it was such a great perspective to see how a coach sees the game on that level. Like, it's like, Star Wars compared to what you know <laughs> what we see I might see like I said oh he's in cover two. Oh, well that's a, and he goes into like the detail of it you know all I know is that the safeties are playing a high and that means it's cover two. you know but he's going down and breaking down he was kind of Tony Romo like at times but I think part of that is that Matt had broken down both these teams on film because they had faced Tokoy and you know Matt is one of my closest friends in life and he and I Worked together because Mike Licio knows everybody. He and I worked together before he got in the coaching and before I got in the radio. And we kind of, you know, have gone similar paths in his coaching career as my radio career has kind of blossomed. His coaching career has kind of blossomed and we've shared the journey. And every Saturday, every Friday night, when I get home from my game and he gets home from his games, we talk on the phone for usually about an hour to an hour and a half. And he, it was just, you know, we had the opportunity he, he, he said, oh, you know, my bye weeks, we said, I said, you should come do the game with us. He says, you guys really wouldn't mind. And I was like, absolutely not. And I, it was, it was just, like I said, to see him watch the game on a level that, you know, we don't, and I speak for both of us, I guess, and maybe I'm out of turn speaking, but I don't think we comprehend on the level that he watches the game. And, it, and just having that insight was just incredible. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I consider, consider myself more of a fan than a coach, you know, and have that intimate knowledge of, of the ins and outs of everything that's going on. So great to hear that perspective from a coach on a broadcast. Again, you missed it. Watch the game on the Flagler Radio YouTube channel. And then another special guest at ha halftime, former Matanzas Pirate, Bryce Petlett came on. That was awesome, too. Yes, and Bryce Petlett, the former Matanzas Pirate, he spent his senior year at Menendez and a, a, a senior year that was marred in controversy that had nothing to do with him. And he kind of just got, he was just kind of collateral damage between a struggle between parents and administration. And I always feel for him. I have a soft spot in my heart for him because Bryce is a really good kid and he's going places. And if you go back and you watch that game and you listen to that conversation, you understand immediately why Bryce, Bryce is going places. He's playing quarterback at Judson college in Illinois. He's a freshman. And, you know, he talked about that transition and talked about people in his life. And it was just great. I always enjoy catching up with Bryce. And I was glad that we got the chance to do that tonight as well. 
All right, Mike. Uh, the moment we've all been waiting for, the player of the game. Uh, Daniel DeFalco was the WNZF player of the game last week. We have a common consensus on the show. Why don't you reveal to us who the player of the game was last night? It was close. DeFalco definitely could have been the player of the game, but this week we went with Andre Andrews, and I got to catch up with him after he left Club Dub. If you don't know what Club Dub is, they have a party in the Pirates locker room after every victory with strobe lights and music, and you can hear some of it in the background at Club Dub when I caught up with Andre Andrews. I've got WNZF player of the game, Andre Andrews. Andre, you made plays on both sides of the ball tonight. Do you just love being out on the field and being able to be there for your team wherever they need you? Uh, yes, sir. Um, it's, it feel like a, it feel like a, uh, to be honest, I don't even know. It just feel great, man. You know, wherever coach want me to go, I told coach to put me wherever he want to put me. So he put me at receiver and corner. I was supposed to play safety, but he put me at receiver and corner because that's where they needed me at. And then I fit there, and you know, I played uh, really good. What do you like about playing corner? Uh, I love that I can make big hits like I did tonight, and I love that I can make stops for the team. And then, you know, I can catch the ball very well, so I love getting picks. Well, you know, you talk about big hits and you talk about catching the ball. In my 15 years here, I've seen very few receivers who who run as hard as you. You look you look like you're out there to punish people, like as if you were Daniel DeFalco or Cole Hash. You run with that same kind of style, and on top of that, you make guys list. Where does that miss, Where does that come from? Uh, I really feel like it's just genes, you know. My pops did the same thing. He didn't play both ways, though. He just played defense. And then uh, offense just, I don't, I don't know, I just I was born with the ability to play offense. And then defense just came from uh, genes. On the long touchdown, the first touchdown, you know, take us through that play. What's happening there on that 49-yard touchdown? Uh, so I was screaming to the sideline. I was telling coach to throw me the ball because the corners couldn't mess with me. He was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to trust you. He gave me a screen. And, you know, I trust, I trust Daniel and I trust Cole. They made the blocks that I needed, and I scored the touchdown. And then on the second touchdown that gave you guys the lead for good? Uh, the second touchdown, I told, I basically told Coach the same thing. I was like, Coach, the corner can't guard me. He called a trick play. I hope I was gonna hope I was hoping it would work. And Daniel uh, completed the pass and it worked. What's this season been like? You know, it's a very special year for Matanzas. You guys are six and two. There's still a lot of work left to do, but you guys have played really good football. What has the season been like for you as a player? Uh, I feel like the season been good. We had our ups and downs though. You know, the first couple weeks. Uh, it been hard, especially kickoff classic. Kickoff classic, we lost bad to mainland. Everybody thought we would be a bad team, and we just showed them that we was a great team this year. And what do you think has brought the team closer this year? It seems like every week you guys are closer than ever. You guys play better than every week. What has been the secret to that? Uh, I really, I really say it's Coach Forrest. Coach Forrest pushed us to uh, to play like a family. Coach Forrest brought us uh, even closer, and then you know Cole has stepped up, Dequan stepped up, you know everybody stepped up and brought us together. So it's really a family thing. How much do you look up to the seniors on the team? I mean, I look up to them because they tell me what I need to do right. They never tell me what to do wrong. They always tell me what to do right. When I do it, I make plays. Yeah, he makes plays, and he's a difference maker. That's your WNZF Player of the Game. Andre Andrews, congratulations. And, yeah, he did it all last night. Big hits, pass deflections, touchdown receptions. I mean, the kid was all over the field. Very impressive, Mike. Yes, and I, I had to tell him that he, he runs – he has a running style that's much like – for those who know, know, Andre Andrews is about 5'10", 160 pounds, and he runs like he's 6'2", 240 Daniel DeFalco or 6'3", Daniel DeFalco or 6'2", 240 Cole Hash. He runs with that same power and intensity, and I just love to see it. 
And who, you know who else loves to see it is his coach, Matt Forrest, who talked about getting a tough victory against a team in a dogfight. They were able to emerge victorious. Coach, you knew you were going to have a tough night against, a team, against Clay. They were playing for their season tonight. Talk about your team being able to respond and battle for 48 minutes and come away with a win. Uh, it took every second of them, didn't it? Um, yeah, no, we um, – I think I told somebody this, uh, another guy, you know, it, you got to be able to win ugly games. And, um, you know, and, and that was two teams that were that were scratching and clawing and trying to do everything they could to find a way to win. And, um, you know, our, our group just, you know, again, found a way in, in the last seconds, you know, is really what it came down to. We got a first down on fourth and two or fourth and one and a half, and I think we got one and three quarters. So, uh, yeah, proud of our guys for being able to do that. doesn't matter what it looks like. You know, you just got to find a way to win, and that's what we are able to do tonight. Defensively, they were on the field a long time tonight, and they were still able to dig deep and get stops when they needed it most. What's that say about your defense? I think that's who they are. You know, I, I think we've, we've kind of developed some depth where we don't have defensive linemen going uh, both ways. I think we've got um, – some, some linebackers that only play on the defensive side of the ball. So I think that's a testament to our depth uh, and being able to only play those guys on one side. And, uh, you know, I think, I think as we get deeper in the season, it, it's starting to benefit us having, having those guys that, you know, we can count on only on one side because we have other people stepping up to where we don't have to use them both ways. Uh, but, yeah, that's who they've been all season. You know, our defense has kept us in ball games uh, all year. So, uh, yeah, proud of those guys for – for uh, giving us the opportunity to score, you know, a few more than they did. It was obvious Clay came out with a concerted game plan to make sure that Jordan Mills was not a factor on the offensive side of the ball. Talk about other guys, Daniel DeFalco stepping up, Cole Hash stepping up, Andre Andrews with another big game. Talk about those guys stepping up knowing that they were going to take away a particular player. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I think that our guys really um, – I think kind of the best way to describe it is is a lot of what they a, a lot of the things that we weren't doing right was a result of Clay's defense and and a result of how they were playing. You know, they were playing hard, they were making good tackles, they were defending us well. Um, you know, they were rallying to the football. Um, I, I think it was just really you know as far as the offense goes, just a couple key plays that we kind of dialed up that we needed to hit. Kind of like a couple – really is, is it's like a really good pitch, well-pitched game with a couple home runs was really what it seemed like it was for us offensively. I think we didn't allow – we didn't allow many big plays to Clay. And, uh, you know, we, we hit the ball out of the park on a couple big ones, a couple long long gains, uh, long touchdown. You foul call, long touchdown. Um, so, I mean, again – I, I think the game came down to four or five plays that, that we were just able to dial up and make. Um, and, you know, it was a real gritty, tough game, you know, for 48 minutes. There you go. There's the happy coach, Coach Matt Forrest. The Pirates are 6-2 and two on the season, 2-1 and one in the district. They get another district game on the road against Menendez next week. So, Mike, what's next for the Pirates? And, you know, what, what are the prospects for the season now? So, for the Pirates – they are two and one in the district. They do not have a chance to win the district because with the win last night against Gainesville, St. Augustine clinched the district. They would have had a def- if Clay had won, they would have had to defeat Clay to win the district. But since they did not win, St. Augustine clinched the district. So those hopes are gone. Right now they're a four seed, and it looks like if they win these last two games, they're going to be firmly entrenched in that four seed. And then if there's an upset somewhere along the way, they might push as high as a three seed, and 
likely they're going to have, if they win out, they're going to have a home game unless they end up matched up with Columbia, where Columbia, even as a lower seed, would be district champion, and they would get a home seed. Real quickly, FPC won 39 nothing against Celebration Homecoming, a team they beat by eight touchdowns last year, but it keeps FPC alive. FPC has to win out. They need to beat Tokoy next week, and we'll be there next week, and they need to beat the land at the end of the year to make the playoffs. But FPC still, still has a chance as well. So season's far from over for either team in football county. Right, so that's the game of the week next week. And we saw Tokoy Creek earlier this year – Against Matanzas, Matanzas won that game. Potek reminded me during the broadcast, seven turnovers in that game. Uh, how does FPC match up? You got about 30 seconds here, Mike. So they match up. They have Marcus Mitchell, and Marcus Mitchell, if he's healthy, is going to be the difference in that game because Tokoy is going to play a physical, grinded-out type style of football, and Marcus Mitchell is the answer to that. FPC is so young on the defensive line, though. I have concerns on that side of the ball. But if FPC can get a few stops, it might be enough to beat Tokoy. All right, there you go. And that is your WNZF Game of the Week next week, next Friday. Tune in here on 94.9 FM. Also, watch the game on the Flagler Radio YouTube channel. Congratulations once again to the Matanzas Pirates. They defeat the Clay County Blue Devils last night at the ship. 24 to 21 and what was really I mean a, a tremendous ball game it was great to be a part of it the Matanzas Pirates congratulations you are victorious and congratulations to Andre Andrews our player of the game we'll see you next week at Sal Campanella that's another episode of the Rich and Mike Sports Show have a great weekend Flagler County <laughs>